0: This time on Holy Ghost Notes. I just think about all the stupid things that I've done that
1: could have killed me. I, I usually laugh at my own jokes. This is coming out wrong. It just oozes out of me. I want to show you the way. All right, here we go. How's it going, guys? This is Tim Anderson and Matt Griner coming at you with the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. <laughs> I just trying try to challenge myself with these intros now. It's like it's a it's a game for me. <laughs> that was
0: that was taking the bar a little higher, and I think yeah, we all need that
1: kind of energy.
0: Considering Whew. it is almost ten o'clock at night, and um, we are bringing this episode to you guys because, well, it's a priority for us, That's but right. also. Um, what we're going to talk about tonight is important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've never listened to this episode or to this podcast before, this episode is a good place to start. Yeah, I'll say that in advance because it's, for us, very, um, it's presently a challenge yes. for us. Yeah, Both of these things. That's I'll right. speak for myself, but both of these yeah. things are tough. Um, if you've never listened to Holy Ghost Notes before, we talk about drums and we talk about God or a mm-hmm. faith topic. Yep. And so tonight we're going to talk about things that are just very real in our lives right now mm-hmm. and therefore pretty easy to talk about those kind of things instead of just pulling an idea out of the sky yeah. and being like, we should talk about that. That's
1: right. Yeah, I agree. So side tangent, <clears throat> um, What have you ever like tried to um, like pump yourself up, like get like hyped? Like you just weren't feeling it and like... Oh, yeah. For what, sure. What, what do you I do? I do that in
0: my house sometimes when I'm alone. <laughs> I'll just start saying something out
1: loud, and it gets me pumped. Yeah. That's funny. It I, also makes me laugh. I do it at the food store. I caught myself the other day. I was so tired. It was like like 9.30, which isn't that late, but for me it feels late. It was like 9.30. I was at the food store going food shopping. And I, like, started talking to myself and getting myself pumped up to just try to get energy <laughs> to, like, get everything yeah. I needed. And, like, I was pushing the cart a little bit faster. I was moving and grooving. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's funny uh, now because <laughs> I used to, <laughs> I used, to I used to have to do that, like, with, uh, you know, like, for, for cleaning my house, I usually just, like, throw on some music, you know, and, like, I just start jamming out. And that kind of gets me going. But I remember, yeah. like, we used to, like, as a band, like, try, like, try to bump each other up like, prior to the show, like, I remember so clearly just, like, like, jumping up and down and just, like, trying to move and, like, get uh-huh. the blood flowing or something. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And then even, like, some in some of my other bands, like, when I was a little older, I would still do stuff like, like push-ups just to get, oh, yeah. like, the blood pumping, yeah. to just get psyched because mm-hmm. then I, I felt like I would put a better show on or something. But
0: Okay. I thought you were talking about something else when you brought this up. I thought you were talking about, like, you have to do something and you don't really want to do it. Well, that too. Yeah. And yeah. so you're like talking yourself or. into this thing. Okay. Yeah. In the case of a show, push ups and like going for a quick run, I've done both those things. And, uh, I, at times they've been helpful actually. in just getting your heart rate up. Yeah. But in terms of like having to do something I don't want to do, I found, <laughs> I found that if I make myself laugh, hmm. it, it's much easier to do that thing. Yeah. So what makes me laugh? I, I usually laugh at my own jokes. Most people around me don't. I <laughs> tend to laugh at my own jokes more than other people do. And so I'll just start saying stupid stuff, even yeah. if I'm by myself in my house. That's funny. And yeah. uh, and then I'll be like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> like, thank God no one watches <laughs> the security footage uh, in my house because I look like an imbecile.
1: That's pretty But funny. I get
0: the stuff done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey. Whatever. And I'm laughing. Whatever whatever time. makes it work, man. Um yeah, I feel like sometimes <clears throat> when I don't have when I feel like I don't have what it takes, um yeah. and this is actually a biblical concept as well, but when I don't have what it takes, like as you heard in the intro, like sometimes I have to give it that extra umph just to pump oh. myself up and then it's like, Okay, I got this. Now now I'm oh, good. Yeah. You know, just you know. But it, I, it, it I see applies for everything, yeah. you know, the stuff yeah. I don't want to do, the stuff I do want to do and just feel do like I don't do, have yeah. what, I, you know, what it takes to do it. Yeah. It's, you know?
0: it's almost like you're telling your body that you can do this. Mm-hmm. Like you have to hear yourself say it or <laughs> yeah. get to a level that is more than what you think you can handle. Yeah. Or get to. Um, and I think people do that all the time in... Um, I feel like people do that when they talk to each other sometimes Mm -hmm. or like the way that they interact with other people there, there are personalities out there that I feel like get so much energy from other people in their interaction with them. Mm -hmm. And depending on what kind of personality you are, it can be draining (laughs) to be around that kind of person because you just feel like they're getting a rise they're getting like all the energy they need and they're, and it's at your expense. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like that extrovert, um, which, which, like, I'm not, I'm not targeting any personality type here. You know, introvert, extrovert. I'm just saying, in general, at times there, there are, you know, extroverts who it seems like are are not in a good place until they are around other people, and they're like, gimme, 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 yeah, gimme, 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 gimme. Okay,
1: now I feel good, and everyone <laughs> else is exhausted. Yeah. Have you, have you ever watched? <laughs> this is like a total tangent, but have you ever watched the show, um, What We Do in the Shadows? It's a Hulu original TV show? Yeah, it's a TV no. show. It's like it's kind of mm. like like picture like The Office but with vampires. <laughs> uh, I have not. Okay, well, there's this one vampire and he's not your typical like blood-sucking vampire. He's an energy vampire and so okay. he just drains you of your energy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which the way you were describing it, I was just picturing yeah. Colin from uh, what we do in the shadows, if any of you are listening, uh-huh. it's uh, it's a it's a good watch, I would say. So would, how does he it. how does he drain you of your energy? He just is so boring.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: he just like so- he talks and talks and talks and talks about stuff that you just don't care about, and then the people end up falling asleep, and he just feeds off of your <laughs> your energy. It's <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's I'm not saying extroverts or anything like that, but
0: no. What? What uh, what are you? Are you an introvert or an extrovert,
1: dude? Up until COVID, I thought I was an extrovert, and then the, um, the the ability to not have to see people, like, to not need a reason to be like, I just can't, you know, I can't go out today. I don't want, I don't have what it takes to see people to interact. I realized, like, after a year of not seeing people and no social obligations, that I was like okay. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh well. You know that's actually surprising because mm-hmm. I I am a pretty social person. I enjoy yeah. spending time with people. I enjoy talking to people. Um, it's important for me. But uh, but I also like really benefited from that time of, you know. I guess I mean we were we were still having conversations. You know there were still people in my life that I was interacting with. And maybe it's also because I just. You know, I send emails and talk on the phone for work all day. So, yeah, those you know, aren't meaningful conversations. Those aren't meaningful conversations. But at the end of the day, I'm so that's drained work. by yeah. it um, that I just yeah, exactly. want to like, no, I don't want to spend any energy trying to communicate. You know, but
0: I I think um, something I've noticed over the last couple of years is that there are people who say that they're introverts, but really they're extroverts who are who get tired thinking about being extroverts. In other yeah. words. The thought of going out and being with people or the thought of going out and doing these things is overwhelming to them, and so they don't do it. But mm. then they find themselves in a situation where they do yeah. go out and they interact, and they get so much out of it, and they're like mm. the life of the party.
1: They're glad that they did it.
0: That's probably yeah, they're Yeah, like, they're like thriving in that place. Mm. But until that point, they're like, oh, I'm too busy, I got too much going on, I'm too yeah. tired, I don't feel like it. Uh, but you get them in that scenario, and they're just like they're the best. They're like right. the party, they're they're worth a million bucks. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot. Hmm. Um, it reminds me a little bit of um, something I read this morning, Selena Gomez. There's an article about her. She has not been on social media and I think it even said the internet in four wow. years. Really? She realizes the importance of social media and everything for her business and her brand, so she hired someone to do it. Oh, wow. But her mental health was really taking a hit. Yeah. Four years. And That's she said her. that She said that her health is at a level she never thought it would be, Mm. which is, of course that's true. Yeah. Of course.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's great. I mean, it makes sense. It's draining, man. And you get sucked in and, you know, they have entire businesses built around helping people with a scrolling addiction. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, if that doesn't tell you the state of the world where there's companies that, oh yeah, there's, there's companies that will literally help you through your scrolling addiction.
0: Why don't Why don't you just delete the app? Because people can't. It's an addiction. So the company is there to help you. Yeah, it's like delete a, the app.
1: Uh, well, I'm sure it comes to that at some or point. Or just like, but it's like it. It's um. So it's a it's an it's an it's another app really, that <laughs> that just <laughs> totally. takes you out of the social media. The needs because like yeah. I get sucked into it too. Like I realize Absolutely. like you know especially like Instagram half the stuff on there, I don't really care to see. It's a complete waste of time, but I'm still scrolling because it's like, well, what's next? You know, it's like, it's like flipping the channels at, at 1am on the TV. What's uh, on, what's on TV. There's gotta be something on. No, no, there's nothing mm. on, you know, <laughs> you can't that, turn the TV yeah, this off. this is you our know? version of yeah, that. That's exactly. true. Exactly.
0: I mean, we all do that. If you're, if you're using the bathroom, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're comfortable. That's right. And you're like, oh, okay. Yep. Okay. and literally 20 minutes later Yeah. oh man what have I done the last because well, it feels like an escape
1: know. right you know like for for me at least it's easy you know if it, it's like easy it's fun yeah there's like work hours like if if I am feeling overwhelmed overwhelmed it feels like an escape to turn social media on it does it doesn't do anything for me it, it doesn't, doesn't actually it doesn't help doesn't me give relax you or, <laughs> or or it doesn't give me me time it just feels at the moment like oh I'm just gonna take a quick break and see what's going on on Facebook, you know, (laughs) but it doesn't actually help me, you know, it doesn't (laughs) fulfill me in any way, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I know, I hear you, and yet we continue to do it. It's- interesting, right? It's wild. I, I I think if, what I learned in reading that Selena Gomez article was, if Selena Gomez can do it, we all can. Yeah. Because her brand is so based on her being, and her promoting- what she's doing Mm -hmm. and promoting her touring, promoting her brands, promoting these, like she is the type of A-lister, I imagine, who would, who would get, uh, who would get an email or a call from, from L'Oreal, I think is how you say the name of the Mm -hmm. shampoo company. I I think she was doing stuff for them uh, or like Pantene or something like that. And, um, she would do commercials for them and stuff, you know, And, and in an agreement like that, I think you would be getting an email saying, Hey, you have to do this many posts. Right. So, if there's anyone that would have an excuse to be like, well, I have to because it's my business, which is something I tell myself because it's, mm-hmm. it's partially true. I have to do this. She just hired somebody. Yeah. Um, and certainly, like, she felt like it was worth it. Like, she was going down this trail that she didn't want to go down. Right. And she she felt like she couldn't get better mm. unless she did, and it was going to end badly for her. And you know what? That is that is so awesome. That yeah. she, like, she made a decision – on her own mm-hmm. to do something that wasn't easy, Right. wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. She likes scrolling just as much as anybody else. But she did it with the perspective of like, I need to do this right. so that I'm in a better place than what I am right now. Mm-hmm. She made that decision. And I, that is so cool. That is that cool. In the end, it's four years yeah. later, 2018, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's not that's not that long ago. And yet here we are four years later and, and think about what kind of, think about where you would be if you had made a decision four years ago to do something helpful for yourself. Like yeah. that, that's, that's what it tells me. Right. Because four years goes by quickly. So like yeah. you got to start that now so that in four years
1: yeah. you can be And especially that, right? for your mental health because it really, your mental health affects so many other things you know Absolutely. almost everything really <laughs> like if you're not in a good place mentally everything else suffers and vice versa if you're in a great place mentally Absolutely. you find that you're able to do more things and you're making the right choices and you're on top of your game and you know so yeah. that's good good for her man that's that's awesome
0: i know i thought so too yeah it's cool
1: so we've got some really fun topics for you guys um, some really hard hitting ones if i'm estimating correctly <laughs> i think it's going to be uh Good for us. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to give a quick tribute to Taylor Hawkins, who we uh, lost since um, our last episode. Um, And I'm not one to really get um, emotional over celebrity deaths, you know, people I've never met before. Um, But there have been a select few that have really hit me hard, and this one. Was, was definitely one of them, um, because... And I was talking to a friend about this. It's like, when you've spent, you know, hours, days, weeks of your life listening to a band or watching their documentaries or watching their live performances, and you've invested a certain amount of time in being a fan, uh, in, you know, knowing about these people, following what they're doing, um, and especially, like, in a band documentary... Um, sense like you really get to know these people you feel like you're hanging out with them you know and so uh for me it felt like I lost a friend even though I had never met him before you know it was like really heartbreaking plus he's you know he's been a, a big influence of mine so you know he he's influenced my drumming I've covered his music I've watched him play with the Intent of learning how he played it that way, so I've spent mm-hmm. time studying him. You know, um, so it was a it was a tough loss. Um, you know, my heart goes out to his family and his band. Uh, it's yeah, pretty heartbreaking. So I oh, know. Uh, shout out to to him.
0: Yep, well he did said. a lot
1: for our industry, man.
0: Well said. Cool band. Coolest drummer. Yeah. When you think of the Foo Fighters, cool band. When you think of Taylor Hawkins, you think of the coolest drummer. Mm -hmm.
1: They've done so many cool things, man.
0: Like, I think of a Eurofest where you have 20 bands of their caliber. And be like, man, that'd be so sick to see. Put a name here. Like, any band at that level. And Mm -hmm. then Foo Fighters be like, yeah, that's. The I one. hope we play their day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope we play their day. I don't care who else is going to be there. I hope we play their day, and then it'd be like, oh my gosh, we actually get to see them play. That's so awesome. And you <laughs> could just, you could just picture Taylor playing like it's just the most. I don't know, like the 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 way that he played and approached live shows was is so unique to me and and refreshing because he almost played like it was just like a garage show.
1: Yeah. And then you see like
0: 50,000 people and it's just like, he doesn't care. He's just playing music with his friends. Like Mm -hmm. how does he still, how did he still do that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's hard to explain to people how unique that is because here's the thing. Like you have your crew who's listening to your mix and the click track, if they play to one, which I'm not so sure they do, you have all of their crew. You have the drum tech. You have their front of house guy who knows how he plays, when he plays well and when he doesn't play well. You yeah. have their LD, their lighting director, who's syncing all the lights to the performance. Like their entire crew, it's like a it's like a team. It's like a sports team. And like if you're not performing well, your team doesn't do well and they know when you're not performing well because they know you better than anybody like they see you and hear you every night so like you yeah you're playing for 50,000 people who are stoked to see you and you might think well yeah of course you can just sit back and have fun because everybody's having fun but in the back of your head you know as a musician that everyone around you is kind of dependent on you especially as a drummer Mm -hmm. to perform at a high level and he's just like playing like it's like a like a backyard show it's so cool. Yeah.
1: And even bigger than that, like I mean, he came in as Dave Grohl's drummer. Even bigger than that, you know, he's I mean Dave like, Grohl's drummer. I mean, I, I remember like their first drummer uh, left the band because he he had recorded drums for one of the albums and then Dave went back and re-recorded the drums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So like Taylor's coming in with a pretty notable like history, like he played for Alanis Morissette and everything, but he's coming in knowing, like, okay, the last drummer left because mm-hmm. Dave didn't like the parts and went back and re-recorded it. Like, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> and he came in and he, and he, you know, gave it his own sound, you know? Like, Taylor doesn't play drums like Dave does.
0: Dave said he was the best drummer in the world. Yeah. Like, he that's, said that in, a lot, in, in the last show Taylor ever played. Taylor Crazy, Hawkins. Man. Best drummer in the world. Crazy.
1: What a yeah, loss. I, I feel bad for, for Dave. I mean, you know, he was a drummer who lost a singer and then was a singer who lost a drummer. It's a rough, dude. A rough.
0: Man, I mean, and a friend.
1: And a friend. They seemed like More they legitimately liked each other. Oh, you yeah. You could
0: tell that Dave just liked how carefree he was. I mean, that's one thing I really liked about him. I, to, the, to the point I made earlier about him playing his show, like it was just a, backyard barbecue yeah, man. when he would do interviews like high caliber interviews <laughs>
1: he'd, he wearing surfer like, shorts.
0: he'd, he'd <laughs> sit and he'd like sit like this <laughs> yeah yeah like this like yeah. this is how care. i might sit when no one else is watching and i just right. want to be really comfortable yeah and he did that and it makes me want to it makes me want to relax even more when i'm in a situation where i feel like i'm supposed to yeah x y and z like, mm-hmm. Taylor didn't care about that idea. I'm supposed to X, Y, and Z. For him, it's like, pssh.
1: Yeah. I don't care. I think we can all learn I, a lot I think, from that. Yeah, I
0: think Dave loved that. Like, you could see it in interviews. For He's sure. He's just, like, chilling with his friend <laughs> yeah, who off is of relaxed.
1: Yeah. It was it was weird, because I was actually, um...
0: Now I'm sitting like him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I've been sitting on this yeah. drum throne for, like, six <laughs> hours today, to so I'm like,
0: you know what, man? <laughs> yeah. Tim, you're a high-profile uh, celebrity, <laughs> yeah. but I'm
1: gonna sit like this. Sorry, I don't mean to put any pressure on you. Cause I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting cross-legged half the time. I'm just, yeah, I'm just chilling here. But uh, <laughs> I, I was the the night I found out that he died. I was actually about to put their movie on. They just came out with a feature film. They did? Yeah, they came out with a movie. Um, It's, like, in theaters and everything. It's called Studio 666. Oh, okay, (laughs) yeah, uh, I heard about it. It's, like, kind of around their new album, but they basically go to a haunted house to record their album, and Dave gets possessed, and (laughs) it looks like a pretty hilarious movie. But I was literally (laughs) about to turn the movie on. I sat down on the couch and, for whatever reason, waited, you know, 20 minutes, and within those 20 minutes got, you know, got a text. Dude, Taylor Hawkins died. It's, like what insane man
0: insane. is the movie on a streaming service
1: yeah I think you can get it on um, like Apple like you know, you have to pay for it you know it's like a uh, you know I a rental um, okay I th- it doesn't I don't think you need the service necessarily like you could just like rent it like on prime or or whatever okay, It's just cool. like yeah
0: but, I'm sure it's on prime but I'll have to check that out. I did see that. I thought, for whatever reason, it was a music video, but you're saying mm. it's a movie.
1: It's a movie, it's not, and it's I'm pretty sure just... they have the whole album. Okay. It's like, you know how the Beatles used to do, like, movies with songs yeah. from their album throughout the movie? Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, kind of like that.
0: Oh, that's cool. Like a movie a with idea. a
1: storyline. It's like a horror spoof, but then it, like, works their album into it, so. Man. Yeah, those guys are so well, innovative and creative. It's, yeah.
0: One thing before we um, move on from this is I had heard that there was a young girl who learned how to play drums. I think it might have been to a Foo Fetters song, and somehow she had the opportunity to play for him. Wow. It might have even been the night before he passed. Oh, man. And he made himself available for that. So God, we God. talked about this on my drummer hangout in our last get together last Wednesday um, about I don't know 18 drum students and myself and we talked about legacy
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is your legacy Taylor Hawkins larger than life 50 years old yeah. huge legacy and yet what's the news covering a little girl who learned how to play drums she wanted to play for Taylor Hawkins and I was explaining to my students for me that's the easy stuff that's easy that's so easy. Mm-hmm. And yet look what it look what kind of impact it has on other people who don't expect that. Yeah. Who who don't expect that from someone of that caliber. And I, I am nowhere close to that caliber. So I don't know what his schedule's like. He could be doing any number of different things and he and yet he chose to do that. Yeah. And um it's what it's what matters. Yeah. It's what matters. It's what you're remembered for. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody that talks about him talks about him like he's the nicest person in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, I mean, you know, I uh, I saw so much negative press around, you know, why he died. <laughs> oh you know? yeah, and it's like, yeah, bro, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, there's some there's so many people struggling. You know, it's yeah. like, um, you know, I work with uh, with an addiction recovery uh company, a program, yeah, global addiction, Re- uh, addiction recovery program, and and it's like. This like this isn't. It's a disease. It's not a. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're choosing to do this. That's and right. you think like, you know, he he was he had such character. He was such a great guy. So talented. Probably had everything mm-hmm. that he could ever want. But that's not going to stop you from
0: mm-hmm.
1: what you're addicted to, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And especially like I think we've talked about it before. Like as musicians um, who who have played at a certain level. There's this, um, like, this momentum, this excitement about being on stage, and it's really like a drug. Mm-hmm. And so you, you got to think, like, Taylor's experiencing the highest of the highs when it comes to that. So much um, energy, you know, mm-hmm. that he's feeding off of every night, and at some point, when. That feeling that really feeds your drive to play drums and to be successful and and you know when that fades away and it becomes monotonous, mm-hmm. what's the next high you know mm-hmm. and and so it doesn't surprise me that you see it so often in celebrities and in you know musicians, especially it's like when you're you know in a new city every day and it's and that uh, that energy starts to fade it's like what's next, you know, how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you achieve that, you know, Mm -hmm. so anyway, um, there's a lot of people knocking on him for that, saying it's his fault, but I just think about all the stupid things that I've done that could have killed me (laughs) Mm -hmm. in my life, and it's like, (laughs) that doesn't take away from who you are, and, and, and what you've accomplished, and it certainly doesn't take away from, um, the heartbreak that his death is. No. Right. Mm-mm. So total heartbreak. Anyway. If
0: it's in my opinion, if if that doesn't tell you that success and notoriety doesn't give you what you think it'll give you, then I, yep. I don't know what to tell you. You're right. Like Do you it doesn't it all, give you what you think it will give you. It Married, doesn't. Married kids. No. Famous. No. No matter what what you Hell think will give you happiness and wholeness. Um. It, it it can't be material mm-hmm. can't right i mean life life is life is it's deeper than that mm-hmm. like you can't you can't discount relationships you can't discount something bigger something that matters more than just fame and notoriety money yeah. and power mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to deliver that's right and when it doesn't deliver you're disappointed that it didn't deliver and you're even sometimes worse off yeah uh, and you have more resources, you have more time. Mm-hmm. Those are dangerous things, yep, dangerous things. so it's it's tough. and like you said, I mean, everyone's fighting fighting their demons. Yeah, uh, today we're gonna talk about actually obedience um, yep. in the the faith topic, which mm-hmm. I think will be a good topic in light of all this because it is really important that we, if we are to call ourselves a Christian or if we are to live by a certain code of conduct that we actually, Live by that code uh-huh. and not just say that we believe in it or, or have this faith, um, because it's that's not enough, right? It's, it's clearly not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into that, but um, but first, our drum topic the first drums I like it. So, take it away. Drum topic today is, um, I'm going to go ahead and call it Persistence, but I want to start by talking about frustration. Okay. So I've been writing drums for the new album. It's a big task. Every time we go to write a new album, it's a big task. The reason it's a big task is because as a drummer, you're trying to create drum parts that you think are cool, and then you're trying to play those drum parts that you think are cool, which oftentimes you're writing above your skill level, so you're having to practice and try to play things you can't really play all that well, Mm -hmm. which is frustrating. Yep. After you've got over the frustration of throwing away three or four ideas that weren't that cool until you found one that was. And finally, you're having to um, try to remember those parts. So you're trying to create them, you're trying to play them, and then you're trying to memorize them. Uh-huh. Keep them memorized, committed to muscle memory. Yep. And uh all of those all of those are difficult in their own way. Yep. But I would say the most daunting is are you gonna remember all this and how it goes? How it all fits together? There's a certain part of my brain that goes to mush every time we go <laughs> to write a new record. <laughs> um yeah. I don't know how how to better explain it than that. Well, I was writing, I think it was I first started feeling this... I don't, it might have been yesterday, but this morning I definitely did. Mm. And I'm working on this song. Song two, tentatively is what it's called. <laughs> and I've I've spent so much time working on this song. Like, I don't even know how many days at this point. Just days upon days. And um, I'm the kind of person who, when I mow the lawn, or when I wash the dishes, or when I clean the floors, or like any task that might not be all that significant, I need to do it really well. But beyond doing it well, I need to know that it was worth it. So like if the lawn isn't long and I'm mowing it, I feel like an idiot and I feel like I'm wasting my time, Mm -hmm. which which hurts me. Like I'm the kind of person who like, if I'm doing something, it has to mean like it's got to matter. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm like... I could be doing something else at this time. Right. Well, to carry that over to drumming. When you're sitting at a drum kit, if you're a drummer and you're listening to this, you know as well as me, you can spend an hour on this thing and walk away feeling like you did nothing. And that's the position I'm in when I'm writing. Oftentimes I'll be sitting here just grinding, beating my head against the wall is what it feels like come trying to create these parts, trying to play the parts I've created, and then trying to 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 remember the parts that I've I've written. Yeah. Uh and 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 I'll think, man, I I'm renovating my house. I'm planning a wedding. I am getting ready to farm. I could be doing these three other things as well. Yeah. <laughs> and yet I'm doing this. And I feel like, is it is it really is it really worth all this time? Mm. And that frustrates me. I get yeah. frustrated. I get really frustrated thinking about spending time doing this. When I could be spending time doing something else, why am I even factoring in what else I could be be doing? Oh, because this, I feel like I'm just beating my head against the wall. Like, mm-hmm. A, am I really accomplishing anything? And B, is what I'm accomplishing really good? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Those are the two metrics. So I walk away, I walk upstairs and I make myself some coffee and um, I, I I remember using the bathroom and like <laughs> I walked out and like I think I went outside for a little bit and I came back in I felt so much better I came downstairs I'm like all right here we go back at it mm-hmm. no longer than ten minutes later frustrated again <laughs> 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 like so frustrated <laughs> like uh, that's funny <laughs> saying things to myself out loud yeah yeah all alone in my studio like mm. we were talking about earlier. So frustrating. Um, is what I'm doing actually good? Mm-hmm. Is it valuable? And am I actually doing anything? Like, is this actually accomplishing anything? So, what is it that keeps you glued to the kit? What is it that keeps you grinding away, even when it feels like you're just in the desert, like you're 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 dying of thirst, and you like see and see an easy you. You see you see you see something for you to your right that's just real easy. It's just oh, it's in grasp. I can just go for that. But you know that if you keep fighting, you keep walking, you keep on the path that you know you're supposed to be on, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. But you feel like giving up. I'm not saying I feel like giving up, but I'm saying I want to talk about this because there's a common misconception that, like, as a professional drummer, I don't deal with these things. Mm. That it's all fun and games, that I just sit down and it just oozes out of me. <laughs> Maybe a lot of people don't think that, but I know some do because I I taught three students this morning, and all three of them were surprised when I talked to them about this. Yeah. All three of which are kind of, like, struggling with staying committed to this instrument mm. because they, they don't feel like they're seeing a lot of progress. And I want to speak to that because... Um, it's helpful to know that no matter how long you've been playing, no matter how proficient you are, at times, drumming is going to feel 95% like work and 5% like fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how it feels. Yeah. So you walk away, you make yourself some coffee, you use the bathroom, you go outside, you come back, you get frustrated all over again, rinse and repeat. Yep. Keep at it. Keep going, man. You gotta keep going. Yep. And here's what I think about that keeps me here. Here's what here's what drives my persistence. There is a – we might have talked about this. I'm going to hit it again. The coach for Alabama, Nick Sabin, I believe is his name.
1: He might have. I don't he remember. Wrote a book. Go for it. Yeah.
0: He wrote a book, and he talks about a game. I think he was coaching – in Michigan, at Michigan State, and they were playing Ohio. Okay. And they were losing like 21 points, significant significant loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he talked to his team. He said, we're probably going to lose this game. But thinking about the score of this game is not going to change the score of this game. The next play will. Think about the next play. Hmm. The outcome of this game will not be affected by you thinking about how much has to go right, or what we have to do. Mm -hmm. It's not going to change it. What can change the outcome of the game? The very next play. And when my student, so a student of mine brought this up on Drummer Hangout, it blew my mind. It's such a simple concept. And of course, it's true. But it's what I do. I think about all the things I have to do. I think about the task ahead. I think, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do that? Mm. But me thinking and I mean, this is what worry is, right? The Bible is so clear yeah. on this. Like, don't worry, don't worry about tomorrow; it'll worry about itself. Don't be anxious. Some of these things are a lot easier to talk about than what it is to actually enforce. But like, think about just, um, just just taking a bite-sized piece of this. Yeah. And I have to remind myself of this all the time as I'm sitting here right. writing. I'm going over this tiny little eight-second breakdown that I cannot get. Mm -hmm. Like I write something, I finally can play it, and it sucks. And I'm like, ah, go back, do it all over again. Still can't play it well. Rewrite the part. That's cool. Finish it, record it. Doesn't sound right. Start over again. Yeah. Take those bite-sized pieces of it, and, and, and finally like, oh, I'm like halfway through the song. I wish I were further, but at least I'm halfway through the song. All right, keep going. Yeah. Piece by piece.
1: That's great. So I'm not sure really what I could add to this, but I will say that there's something I've been thinking about a lot cause that was that was flawless by the way. Great job. Um there's something I've been thinking about a lot um and not necessarily uh, in particular to drumming but just in life um it's it's um it's easy to get frustrated with where you're at in life. And yeah not work hard to find the beauty in the moment you're in. Mm. And and so often I find myself looking back on frustrating times in my life with such fondness. Like and and I just think to myself, "Man, I just I wish I would have appreciated what was going on in my mm. life at that time." You know, and and um And so I'm thinking about this just because, like, I'm thinking back to what you're going through right now, where I've been sitting grinding, trying to get these drum parts written. Hmm. And it's so frustrating in the moment. But, man, what I wouldn't give to go Hmm. experience that right now. This is a great point. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I know, I, like I know exactly what you're talking geez, about. Jeez, it's so much fun, and like, and I think about like every there's there's things to be enjoyed in every part of drumming for me at least. I love the writing process. There's something so unique and something so special about it. I love the recording process. Same thing. Something so unique. Something so special about it. Something. Uh, it's like just a different type of pressure that I feed off of, and seeing that end result is just so rewarding. Um, and same thing playing live there's something so unique and so special about it and and so like any one of those times i can find fault you know like recording is freaking frustrating when you can't mm-hmm. get that part right and mm-hmm. you have to go back and you have, you hear that click start ding 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 and you're like mm-hmm. here we go again it yeah. gets really frustrating and really annoying and really monotonous um but When I think about it now, like after that process is done, it's like, man, I so enjoyed that process. Mm -hmm. Like it was so much fun. And if I can find a a way in the moment to just harness that concept, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I'm going to look back on this moment, this exact moment and – remember it with fondness yes let me enjoy it all the more right now while I'm in Mm -hmm. it while I'm going through it and I think like we can really approach just about everything we do like that because um you know time is fleeting and Mm -hmm. the things that we do you know um I mean hate to say it but I could be looking at this kit and this could be the last time I ever look at the kit I mean thinking about like what happened with Taylor I mean I know you know, Taylor played a show. Dave said, This is the best drum in the world back here, you know, and I know and that was the about last, that, that was the last show they were playing together. Tech put his drums you know? away. Yeah. They're yeah. thinking next show's at Lollapalooza yeah. and that's it. They're prepping for a world tour. It's like and and they're thinking ahead and they're like, Let's just get through this. Let's just move on to the next thing. You know, who, towards the end of the recording process, Foo Fighters just released a new album. They're probably thinking, Let's just get this let's just get this recorded, let's just get this published, let's just get it pushed out you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, True. and now they're probably thinking, "Man, I wish I had really just enjoyed that a little bit more. I wish I had taken yeah. time to really appreciate what was happening in the moment with my friends, yeah, playing this music that I'm, we love." I'm, you know? uh,
0: I've been thinking about that with wedding planning too. Like, yeah, my fiance Annie will talk to me about how, like, you know, everything feels like it's hitting all at once, and it does. Yeah, and and it makes me feel like Matt, you need to do a better job of helping annie enjoy this time because you only you only get to do this once yeah and and to your point, although with wedding exactly, planning
1: i'm not sure if i'd want to go back and do that again <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly
0: right though i mean it's like you you have a decision to make if if, if you're gonna if you're yeah. gonna really if you're gonna really enjoy this um it doesn't it 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 only helps you so much in the moment when you're in it, though. It's, it's true. Just like,
1: <laughs> and then you, you get, get back to being frustrated.
0: To <laughs> you get back to being frustrated. And every I day want we're to, faced with
1: this, right? You know, every single day we're going to gonna be faced with this. I want to that in you. Like, if, if 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 you're listening
0: to this, it's okay if what you're doing that other people say should be fun and easy is not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's okay if you feel like you're so frustrated about this, and you just cannot get it. You cannot get out of it. You cannot get ahead. You cannot get it down. It's okay. Yeah. what's important isn't that you're having fun or it, what's important isn't that it's easier. What's important isn't that it's not frustrating. What's important is that you stick with it mm-hmm. because if you don't stick with it, it's never going to happen again. I mean, yeah. I, I know it sounds crazy, but like that's what you're doing when you decide to say, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. That's what happens when you keep going down this path of like, this is frustrating. I don't want to keep doing this. This is frustrating. I don't like this. This is work. I only want fun. Like, mm-hmm you have to stick with it. You have to. Yeah. Even if it's frustrating because it won't stay frustrating forever. Yeah. It will not. Mm -hmm. It might be right now, but it will not. And if it's not frustrating at all and you think I'm a crazy person for talking about it, mostly feeling like work when you're doing something that should be fun, very well could be the case that tomorrow it starts being work for you. Yeah. And enjoy the fun. And then... You'll get back to it being fun again. Yeah, but it's just the way it works. It's like life is full of challenges and hurdles, and mm-hmm. it's 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 not natural for everything to be easy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. And to your point, it's because it, that things are difficult that it's like those are the things that we either learn a lot from or that we look back with like this sense of like, man, that was worth it. Like yeah. that that was that was incredible.
1: Yeah. I think if we, and this is definitely a quote somewhere, but if we enjoy the process, then it, you know, the, how do I put this? If we enjoy the process, then goals become milestones as opposed to finish lines, right? It's like Hmm. we're and that's honestly like my advice. I know it's not necessarily tangible advice if you're frustrated and you're trying to be persistent in whatever it is you're doing in this case writing drums. But if you can if you can try your best whatever way you have to to enjoy that process, you'll be better off and and being mm-hmm. persistent will become easier. Yeah, I that's think, true. Right. That's true. And that kind of falls in line with just that that same thing like focus at the, on the task at hand, focus on the next play, you yeah. know, then it becomes a milestone as opposed to the finish line. You know, it's, yeah. if you're enjoying it. Uh, I personally, true. like everything in life for me, uh, whether or not I'm looking at it like this in the moment, every single thing that I go through is, um, it, it's a process that brings me to a better spot. Mm-hmm. And I needed that to get here. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean I I worked in the graphic design field for a really long time and you know when I'm when I'm brought back into that occasionally, hey, I have to make a logo for a client, I have to put a brand together for somebody. I'm brought into it and I can do it really easily now. And it's not a natural ability (laughs) that I have Mm -hmm. to do this. I think of the hours and hours and and years of time that I've spent trying and failing, <laughs> trying and mm-hmm. failing and getting frustrated and feeling like I wanted to give up and, you know, pushing through that and learning from it to to mm-hmm. where I am now where now I can do it and I'm confident mm-hmm. in it. It's the same with yep. drums. I mean how did I get to where I am in drumming? How did you get to where you are in drumming? By keeping at it. By sticking mm-hmm. with it. Exactly. Right? Yep. So you have to attribute all of those hard, frustrating times where you were persistent to mm-hmm. where you are now, like that's the only mm-hmm. way you got here, <laughs> right mm-hmm. 100%. so yeah with that in mind, it's like, okay, well, now I have another I have another milestone that I want to hit, yeah, and yep. in order to get there, I have to be persistent. It's the only way
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. good stuff yeah. uh, we have uh, fifteen minutes left. Um, let's move on to our faith
1: topic. yes, obedience
0: all right, you want to kick this off?
1: Yeah, yeah, so okay um, when you sent this to me. My first reaction was like, ah, (laughs) I don't know if I want to talk about that. (laughs) Also, and here, this is why, um, I am definitely one of the Christians who will tell you time and time again, that if you're focused on the works part of Christianity, Mm -hmm. you're not focused on the right part of Christianity. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about the faith. It's about the relationship. Um, there's forgiveness, um, but, and this is mm-hmm. th- there is a but. It there is. it is. There the is a but. And if, if you <laughs> if you forget about that but, then your your whole this is coming out wrong. But uh, <laughs> if you forget about that, then then it actually um, can become damaging, and and so I I want to say right off the bat, obedience is important, if only because Jesus says it is (laughs) like, like a lot of my faith and how I try to live is looking at what Jesus did and what he said and trying to be like that, trying to follow that. So if Mm -hmm. Jesus says to be obedient, there you go. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, um, there's no, there's no work around there. Um, but in addition, I, here's why it's important and we can get deeper into this, but I guess to start, like there's like Jesus talks about the benefit of obedience mm-hmm. and um yeah. I'm gonna go um where where is it um so John John 1423 I just pulled it up um Jesus replied anyone who loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them like this mm-hmm. this is anyone who loves me will obey my teaching mm-hmm I and had
0: the same verse reference. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. So I mean, I yeah. think it's I think it's pretty clear. I mean, he's not saying, "You better obey, or else, mm-hmm. you know, you're not yeah. you're not going to come home." With this. That's not what it says. Yeah, yeah. But it does mm-hmm. say this anyone an who, who loves me will obey my teaching.
0: You're you're speaking to the motivation behind mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and that that's exactly where I wanted to take this. Yeah. Um. So there was something that. I was not, there was, there was something, there was sin in my life is the easiest way to say it. Okay. um, For a while. And Annie and I talked about it and she said it, it, she was just real honest with me and was just like, this hurts me. And hearing her say that made me want to change because I love her. Yeah. And so I did. And I and I don't do that anymore. Why would why would I make a change? Why wasn't it enough? <laughs> why wasn't it enough that it was sin?
1: Hmm.
0: Why wasn't that enough for me to change it? Yeah. I knew it was sin. What what caused me to change was knowing that it hurt somebody that I loved. Hmm. I still um, am tempted, and when I am, I think about the fact that it would hurt this person that I love, Mm. and I don't do it. I think that if we understand how much God loves us and what he's done for us, we'll fall in love with him, and we're going to have to remind ourselves pretty often what he's done Mm. and continues to do in our lives, and we're going to have to fall in love with him over and over and over again, continuously, yeah. and more and more, hopefully. And the more that we understand how much he loves us and the more that we fall in love with him, the more we'll understand that sin hurts him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not at the place where me realizing that things hurt him, that, that sin hurts him, causes me to stop sinning. But I've seen it in this one area with my fiancé, mm-hmm. with Annie and her telling me that and me actually making a change that that's stuck. Yeah. That's actually like I've I've held on to and it's not as not as difficult as you think. Just like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Hmm. For me, that's what that's what's that's what's uh worked. I that's guess I'll cool. use the word worked. Yeah. Um and I I want to obey what God has laid out for me as a Christian to obey because on the surface level at the very least it's at least consistent with being a christian mm. at the very least yeah. it's it's i'm not i'm not hypocritical <laughs> <laughs> and maybe at the most i love jesus mm-hmm. and i don't want to go against what he has in the design for right. me and for other people and for this life mm. it matters that we obey it it matters that we have more than just a belief in God for a slew of reasons. And it's upsetting to me that especially in the West, we are Christians are looked at as
1: no different. Yeah,
0: No different. In fact, worse, because we're failing in areas that, other religious or non-religious people are, and and we're and we're and we're lying about the fact that we're not doing it, or, or that we're better than what we are. We're looking down our nose at other people. We're judgmental, like we're yeah. just gross, mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, and I think that obedience could change um, not only our lives; it will change our lives, but it will also be a be a better representation of what the church could be and is in many other parts of the world and who Jesus is.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's right. I um so there's something in all of our lives that is sin. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. which is why it's really hard to take someone seriously when I mean it's it's good for us as um brothers and sisters and and Christians and friends and Uh, you know, family to talk to each other about things that we see that we can improve on. But it's always funny when you see that one person who's really judgmental or or laying down the law about this Mm -hmm. one specific sin in someone else when you know they are dealing with other things that are mm-hmm. just, they're equally as bad, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and that's tough because we are all doing that. <laughs> like yep. There's something in all of our lives that we struggle with. <laughs> it's always going to be that way. It's never going to change. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's very little that we can do about it because we, that's who we are. We're human, you know? Um, and, but but the, the solution there isn't just to accept it. It's to try our best. Right, Mm -hmm. and and thankfully we have, we have help (laughs) in our Mm -hmm. weakness. He is strong, Um, Mm -hmm. you know. And I wholeheartedly believe that. I've seen it firsthand. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, in my weakness, I am actually the strongest in a lot of Mm -hmm. cases. Um, I think you kind of glossed over it a little bit. You hit on it for a second, but how you got to this idea of obedience? Okay, Mm -hmm. I recognize my sin. Um, and I need to change the way you got there. Um, and I love this because you've been talking to me, um, kind of off, off air, so to speak, about some of this um, as you've been getting to know Annie and working on your relationship, even before you guys got engaged. Um, but yeah. definitely since you've been engaged and, and working towards marriage, you guys have been um, transparent with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, open and honest, and um, you know talking to each other about everything, you know, like it's, you're, you're partnering with her and, mm-hmm. um, in a se- in a sense you're becoming one. So those things need to be brought to light. Um, and I think that concept right there is a really good place to start, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, True. because we're all ignorant people. That's just, you know, and if you're the person listening to this saying, I'm not ignorant, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant for sure. Like, and and so the what has what has to happen for me to get to the place where I'm like recognizing my sin, my flaw, and doing my best to work on it is by being transparent, by being open. It doesn't even have to be with somebody, oftentimes for me, it's just in prayer. I recognize something, and um, I call myself out on it. I'm open and transparent about it. I pray about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's with my wife. Sometimes it's like I realize this about myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sometimes I'm asking her to hold me to it. Like this is something that I've re- I'm recognizing. I do call me out next time you see it happening like this is something mm-hmm. i need to work on um, and that's I, a think great point. I think it's i think it's really important and that's where you got that's how you guys got here right you know you could have mm-hmm. just kept that sin to yourself and it wouldn't mm-hmm. have hurt her so True. the solution there could also be well i'm just not going to tell her that i'm doing that True. and so she won't be hurt so i'm not really mm-hmm. hurting her because she doesn't know but mm-hmm. that's not really that's not the fix you know, mm-hmm. um the way that you got to obedience was you were transparent with her about what you were doing, mm-hmm. recognized that it hurt her, and decided to make a change because mm-hmm. of your love for her. And that's exactly what this verse says. It's you know, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching.
0: That's true. I, <laughs> I didn't even really think about the
1: verse when I brought
0: this up. It's just yeah. I'm trying I'm I'm trying to bring this I'm trying to talk about this from a perspective that actually applies to my life, instead yeah. of it being something that we're just theoretically talking yeah, about. Yeah, just a verse like somewhere. This, yeah, yeah. And I, I think you know it's it's important that we start from that place because if if we can't even be honest about how we're trying to be obedient or or, or what our perspective is on it, then what good is yeah. is this conversation? But like, I this actually worked for me. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, and it may it might be that you have a different experience with it, but I would I'd give it a shot. Yeah, I don't. I I'd, I'd give it a shot because I think it'll be the same for you. Yeah,
1: dude. I mean, if there's I I have been in such a such a time. The last five six seven years have been such a time of learning for me. It should always be that way. We should always be learning. But I I can yeah. say like. Um, there's nothing that opens your eyes to your flaws until you have kids. Mm. (laughs) Like, like, so A, day one, my son was born. He didn't do anything to deserve it, and I loved him. And automatically I understood love in a whole new way. I understood God's heart for us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything, but he loves us. And it Mm. was like, okay, this kid, I I just met him. He doesn't know who I am. He hasn't done a single thing except for pop out of a womb and cry, you know, Mm. but I love him and I don't know why (laughs) that Mm. opened up my mind. But in addition to that, that's a great point. I thought I was a patient person. I am not. A patient person <laughs> i thought i was a very understanding person i am mm-hmm. not an understanding person <laughs> i i thought that i would never raise my voice <laughs> uh-huh. i raise my voice every single day <laughs> uh-huh. you know i mean and and so a lot of the things that i'm realizing about myself is like man i am i'm so hard on my son <laughs> like i love yeah. him you know and and a lot of being hard on him comes out of that love. It's like, I want to show you the way, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. like, but th- I'm learning in, in this process, like, yeah, okay, great there is grace. <laughs> there is, mm-hmm. you know, leave room for grace, show him how to respond. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. just learning so much about life yeah, that's cool. and it's hitting me hard, man. And, and obedience is a big part of it because I'm realizing I'm expecting my five-year-old to obey me. Mm-hmm. And boy, if we don't butt heads on that every day, mm-hmm. then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's five. I have a magical five year old, <laughs> yeah. No, it's and and this is like so, it's a constant reminder to me. It's like, okay, well, this is me with God, this is a perfect picture of me with God. I am stubborn, yeah. I am looking the other way. I'm hearing the words out of his mouth, I'm reading it in his word, I'm hearing it through prayer, and I am deciding that i no i didn't actually hear that nope Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's my five-year-old i am my five-year-old you know and so i'm just yeah this this is a this is the reason i didn't want to talk about this topic is is this reason (laughs) because (laughs) i struggle with it it sucks you know (laughs) but it's so important and man is it fulfilling when you get there yeah it is right uh, my computer is on 1%, so I'm going
0: to die. Oh. So when I die, you're going to close this episode out. <laughs> okay. Um, this has been a well, really good one. let's wrap it one, up, I'm, yeah. I'm glad we could do this. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Um, Holy Ghost Notes is going to end in a timely manner today. We That's always right. end the same way by uh, saying peace. That's right. Uh, but before that, if you want to support this podcast, and if I don't disappear from this recording because my computer died, uh, we'd love to have your support. The Inner Circle is an awesome group, and you can support us on Patreon.
1: That's right, patreon.com slash Notes. And quick shout-out before Matt dies to Mark Dickey. <laughs> thank you for your support, dude. <laughs> Welcome to the Inner Circle. Uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> Peace! Peace!
0: <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.